Welcome to the Mad Cat Movie Review Podcast. I'm Sean. I'm Derek. I'm CL. And today we're going to start our October theme of horror movies. Each week, each host will select one horror movie that we'll cover over the next three weeks. But up first is my pick, 1988's Child's Play, directed by Tom Holland. Not Spider-Man, people. (laughs) 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 A different Tom Holland. (laughs) Starring Catherine Hicks. Chris Sheridan, Alex Vincent, and Brad DeRoff as Charles Lee Ray in the voice of Chucky. So this film was released on November 9th, 1988, made on a budget of $9 million. The movie grossed over $44 million at the box office and has spawned several sequels after its release. So we got Child's Play 2 in 1990, Child's Play 3 1991. Then it gets a little weird in Bride of Chucky. 1998, Seed of Chucky, 2004, Curse of Chucky in 2013, and Cult of Chucky in 2017. Recently, last year, the franchise was rebooted with 2019's Child's Play. Gunned down by Detective Mike Norris, dying murderer Charles Lee Ray uses voodoo to put his soul inside a doll named Chucky, which Karen Barkley then buys for her young son, Andy. When Chucky kills Andy's babysitter, the boy realizes that the doll is alive and tries to warn people, but they institutionalize him. Now, Karen must convince the detective of the murderer's doll's intention before Andy becomes Chucky's next victim. What was your first impressions of the original Child's Play? For me, my first impression was, damn, we've come a long way since <laughs> 1988 with these movies, bro. With, with the effects, with the acting, it, it's come a long way, man. I, I literally felt like I was staring into a time machine or something like that. It, it was crazy, but the movie was all right. Mm-hmm. For, for it being my first time having seen it, because I realized it was my first time seeing it, it was okay. I actually liked the story because I never knew how Chucky came to be. So it was really interesting to see how he came to be. So I I found that part to be pretty cool. I was intrigued. It got me interested. I'll say that. I'm kind of along the same line as Derek uh, because it was my first time watching the movie and just never really realizing because it came out in 88. Of course, I was born in 89. So, you know, just happenstance. I did. I just hadn't seen it before, but I was kind of impressed as as far as the the ways that they made things like happen. You know, we have come a long way, but for Chucky to do some of the things he was doing, it was pretty good. <laughs> you know, I was like, okay. I'm like, it was it was almost a little believable, mm-hmm. you know, and like I could see why this caught on and it was popular enough to warrant all those sequels. Like it it really made sense. I'm like, okay. If like if you're into scary movies and things like this, like this is a great sit down, you know, butter up some popcorn watch type of movie. I I, I liked it more than I thought I was. 
<laughs> yeah, all right. We have come a long way. There were parts in this movie where you knew, well, you know now that they would probably use some CGI or some type of electronic device to, you know, act out what Chucky's doing. But then there are clear spots where you can tell Chucky is being played by a little person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like the the part that's always funny to me, and this is towards the end of the movie when Andy finally gets back home after he escapes the institution, and Chucky comes down from the chimney and he's running. Well, once he drops down from the chimney and starts running, you can tell that's a little person. Yeah, dude, dude, I was like, Chucky looked like he got swole as hell out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> He went from being a dog to all buffed up little person. I'm like, what? I'd be scared too. So something like that come out. Crazy. Yeah, he did look like little Spider-Man jumping down that chimney, bro. Now, if you had to guess, what would your guess be on the timeline of this movie? How many days do you think this movie took place over? Never really quite clear about that, bro. That you know, that's some long nights. Well. I'd say maybe a year because they started with the killing and then it fast forward some period of time later. They're, they're not really clear about that. But I I think they may have referenced it once when, when she mentions that the uh, some, when she's talking to the detective about the doll and he pauses for a second and he tells her about how long ago he killed that person. Maybe I'd say give it close to a year. So you, you mean it from like like very beginning to like the pre-story? That I couldn't tell, but mm -hmm. I, I assumed that, like, was was he a detective the entire time? Yeah. Okay, so th then that that made it seem like, you know, this was like a recent thing, mm -hmm. but he was just doing some dirty stuff not that long ago. The entire movie takes place over three days. What? That is incredible. <laughs> wow, that escalated quickly, man. <laughs> three days. So how did it make it seem like exactly he was talking about killing the guy? Like it was this traumatic experience that happened to him a long time ago and he just doesn't want to reflect on it anymore. <laughs> or even not even counting that, man. Just think about from the time that Karen bought the doll to the end of the movie. Just that. Just the fact that, that all that shit happened in a matter of days. I mean, this little kid gets a doll and probably the next day he's institutionalized. He didn't, get to, he didn't even spend the whole night in there. No. <laughs> One, two nights in, this boy locked up. It's crazy. It's crazy. So a little bit more background. The writer got the name Charles Lee Ray from combining the names of other notorious killers. So Charles Manson. Lee Harvey Oswald and James Earl Ray took them names, put it together, and that's how we got Charles Lee Ray. Somehow I felt that. I totally missed that for a long time, but totally makes sense. So let, let's kind of jump in a little bit. The lightning and the voodoo spell out of nowhere. All of a sudden, this man's soul is being put into this doll. The next morning, we meet Andy making breakfast for his mom in the kitchen. First of all, is Andy the reason why kids shouldn't be allowed in the kitchen? He was in there yeah. fucking all the things up. Everything. <laughs> Burnt ass toast, big ass blop of butter, spilling all the milk disgusting. on the damn thing. Butter. Oh, giant tennis ball sized chunk of butter. 
But um, mom gets the good dog from the back alley of her job, paid damn near $30 for it, which didn't surprise me back in the day. Because if y'all remember, mom's dad's grandma's grandfather's aunts, uncles, they used to hustle a lot for them toys that we wanted. So I found that part to be very realistic. Was there any toy that you just, that was wild popular back in the day that you just had to have? It's like, I kind of transitioned from from toys quickly. Mm. You know, like once I got a Sega, (laughs) (laughs) it was a wrap. (laughs) I was like, I don't care about that. I want the new NBA Live. Like, that's what I want. Right? And that's where it was from then. Like, you know what I'm saying? I say, you know, back in the day, I'm going to just say this. Like, I was a super big Shaq fan. Mm -hmm. So, like, my mom got me, like, everything Shaq. So, there was a Shaq game called Shaq Fu. Bro, I had Shaq Fu, bro. I love Shaq Fu to death. I beat that thing out a few times. And that was when I had to have – I'm like, bro, I probably could name, like, four or five games. I'm like, I just had to have them. But, like, I think, like, Double Dragon – Oh, what was the other joint? I had it. Hey, <laughs> this man got I'm going back now. I'm like, I know it was. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you pull the thing out. You got it on the shelf. You really do love movies. Don got, got the shelf off the shelf. That is amazing, bro. Like, but yeah, man, I was more of a game head on that one, man. I'm I'm similar in that regard. Once I was finally able to get my hands on a on a video game system, it was a wrap for the toys. And mm. I never really asked for toys like that because I knew they were gonna say no. So it was, it was it was easy. So I was like, all right, whatever. You know, I ain't gonna ask for it. If I don't ask for it, I can't be disappointed. All right, let's jump into Chucky's first victim. So huh. mom had to work a little overtime. Maggie, which is the babysitter and the mom's best friend, agreed to babysit Andy while she had to work late. I always kind of laugh at that first moment where Andy says something that Chucky said because Maggie told Andy to get ready for bed. And Andy said, but Chucky wants to watch the nine o'clock news. So Andy gets ready for bed and then Chucky gets Maggie up out of there. Now, originally, Maggie was supposed to get killed by getting electrocuted in the in the bathtub, but they scratched that. But then they ended up using that for how Tiffany died in Bride of Chucky. But this here right here, Chucky stabs Maggie, pushes her out the window. And then from that moment, yo, you couldn't tell the white boy nothing. He started telling all the business. Chucky this, Chucky that. For one, that little kid annoyed me a little bit because of that. <laughs> I, I was really, I found myself really annoyed by that kid, dude. I was like, all right, this little thing done killed your aunt. Your, your, probably your favorite aunt. If it's your mom's best friend, that means she around all the time. So it's probably your favorite aunt. Done killed her. And you still palling around with this joint like it's nothing. You dragging it all over the place. You're hugging <laughs> it, loving on it. You know, like it's your favorite toy in the world. I'd, I'd burn that bitch. The, the, the second I, I thought something evil was going on, I'd have burned the hell out that doll. So I just, for me, trying to think of myself as, as a little kid, I feel like I know I was smarter than that. So I had a lot of issues with the way that whole thing played out. You know, the killing. How was the aunt so naive? You know, I feel like little kids don't be bullshitting. Little mm-hmm. kid tell you some shit. It's coming from somewhere. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not going to believe everything a little kid tells me, but I'm at least investigating. <laughs> little kid told me, yo, this doll is talking to me. I'm be like, 
I just talking to you. Let me just stab it a couple times, you know, make make sure it's dead. Something like that. You know, she kind of bought it on herself. She was stupid. I'm gonna say like I was not expecting for that to go down like that. <laughs> you know, I I was kind of curious on how the first person was going to go out, and you know, after you said after he after Andy gave that line, you know, I thought the consequences would have been a little bit more dire. Mm-hmm. You know, like he just let that fly like it wasn't nothing. You know, so I don't know, like I don't know how your mama raising you <laughs> with timeouts. Like, he didn't even say the b word. He just let, just let it go. <laughs> like, and then you know, like the whole clap back of when Annie says why it happened to her. Mm-hmm. Yo, that was funny as hell, <laughs> bro. Like. <laughs> He had the whole scene right there. And cause at first, you know what? All right, look, look I'm gonna just take this moment right here to say this about Andy. Like the first like 10, 15 minutes, I was out on Andy. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna just say that. Like I wasn't feeling his whole tone, his acting. He, he was a little trash for at first. But it seemed like around 20 to 25 minutes they got him together. And he was knocking them lines out. Just like you said, it it was perfect. He had it because she was a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like she had it coming. I'm like, bro, did y'all want to see Chucky give those lines? But to hear him say that she was a cold bitch? Yeah. I, okay, well, because I've seen the 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 sequels and stuff first, I'm kind of used to Chucky having some funky dialogue and all that. So yeah, I, I could have done with it. It would have it probably would have done something for me. I'm kind of in the middle. Like there's a part of me that wishes that Chucky talked more in this movie. But then I'm glad that he didn't talk as much as he did in future movies. I was good with the balance that Chucky and his dialogue had in the second and third movie. But it was really when they got further into it, Bride and Seed, that Chucky just wouldn't shut the fuck up. Like, he was talking all the time. (laughs) (laughs) But then, you know, I I think it's horror movie basics. You know, like, it's that... You know, a good horror film, like you, you're building that suspense, right? So, you like, gotta use what, some restraint. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're trying to build to the anticipation of you finally seeing Chucky's face and hearing mm-hmm. him talk, mm-hmm. you be like, "Oh, this is a menacing fucking doll." Yeah, this shit is real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's what it gets real. So yeah, like I respect the restraint, you know. But I, I'm like you. I'm a little in the middle, and I think that's because we've all seen the sequels. I, I want to talk about the mom coming home to just Chucky. This is after Andy has been institutionalized. So look, you telling me from mom to Maggie, I can't put this on no kid because the kid don't know better. But how in the hell did it take these adults this long to figure out that this little dog was running around with no batteries in it? That's a good question, bro. But that goes back to what I was saying before about not listening to little kids. Because a lot of times you just think that little kid might be a little insane, something like that, something wrong with him. But little kids don't just be lying for no damn reason. Mm -hmm. You know, they're lying for a reason if they're lying. So it would behoove you to figure that out. And if they would have investigated it, they could have figured out that, oh, damn, there's no, there's not even any batteries in this damn thing. How the hell? Maybe it is alive. Mm hmm. So that's just, you know, that's the parents, you know, hubris, all of that. Like, yeah, it's just a kid. What does he know? 
I'm just a little bit more thorough of a parent, Maybe. you know, when I give my child a toy. So I'm looking at the box. I'm looking at the directions. I'm looking at what it's supposed to say, what it's supposed to sound like, because I'm trying to make sure it works. She ain't care because she just got it for a steal. It was a hundred dollar dial for $30 and she could just care less about what's going to happen. Cause she can't take it back to the store, you know, but still as somebody who doesn't trust anybody on the street, I still have to like double check to make sure that this mm -hmm. is going to work. And this is the right thing. So maybe that's just me coming up with a certain type of upbringing, but I'm very aware of how my children's toys work. Rewinding it back to after the cops leave, when Andy drops that line that CL brought up, for as many times as I've seen Child's Play, watching it back this past week, I literally noticed something for the first time. I noticed that the mom had a ring on her finger, and I noticed when she was putting Andy to bed that there was a picture of a guy on his table in the background. So I'm assuming that it has to be his dad. And I missed this line too. Andy says something about the doll being sent down by daddy from heaven to protect them. I caught that. Right, yeah. So what I found out in my research was that there is actually a deleted scene where Andy is literally telling Chucky his family history. And Chucky uses that to kind of tap on to Andy's little emotional issues about not having his father anymore as a way to convince Andy to get him to do what he wants to do. So knowing that, that something like that was filmed, do you think that would have added something a little bit more to the movie? Or was it good the way it was left out? For me, it would have helped a little bit because it would explain how he was able to manipulate him. Of course, he's a child. Of course, Andy is a small child. But it's like, why would he go along with everything that Chucky is telling him, even if it doesn't seem like the right thing to do? Because why would you listen to your doll and skip school, get on the train, and do all these other crazy things later on in the movie, unless he built that trust up? I think that may have been more important than they may have thought originally. I think it would have made a big difference. The fact that you mentioned that cleared up a lot for me. Because for this this whole time since watching the movie, I'm just like, well, why did he go along so easily with mm -hmm. everything? But it makes sense if the doll was able to kind of, you know, tap into those father issues since your dad's dead. You know, that makes perfect sense, actually. It would have made a big difference in the, the whole plot for me. So the next day, Andy goes to school. Then he pulls the jack move of waiting till his mom drives off and he up out of there. Andy let this little doll convince him to get up on the train, ride all the way to this fucked up side of town to snuff out Charles Lee Ray's old partner, Eddie. See, for me, the first I had a hard time wrapping my head around how this kid was able to duck out of school because he had to go in there for mm -hmm. his mom to be like, all right, he's in there. He had So he had to make it into school now. Then he had to make it back out, hop on the train, go across town with nobody seeing him as he's dragging this giant doll around without getting questioned once. So I just I just had a hard time swallowing Not that part of it. Once. Not once. No one said it. No one gave him a second look. Bruh. No one, hey, are you okay? Nothing. 
just oh, yeah, he's just a kid hiring an evil looking. I mean, holding an evil looking dog. Yeah, it's nothing to see here. Little Simple. white kid. A little white kid. Yeah, little white kid. You know they're gonna ask some damn questions. Come on now. Come on. I couldn't even think about. Oh, he was almost in danger. I'm like, why is no one stopping this motherfucker? <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out, like, bro, what are you made of? Cause he have no turnaround in him. He just kept going. Kept he doing kept it. rolling. You know, I'm like, all right, you know, Andy might be a real one. You know, what I'm saying maybe I'm not giving him enough credit at this point. <laughs> Because I'm like, I don't even know if I would feel comfortable going where he going right now. He might be a real one. Like, yo, if you hear gunshots, what you doing? You Are you going the opposite way? Andy heard gunshots. He ran towards them. Yeah. About that life, man. Mm. Andy was about that life. Fast forward a little bit. So the mom tries to tell the detective. Detective still don't believe it. So... The detective is driving home and he has his first encounter with Charles Lee Ray since he killed him. So here's my thought about that entire interaction between Chucky and the detective in that car. There is no way in hell, realistically, that that detective drove that car for that long and didn't get stabbed once. He didn't even get pricked. How the fuck did he not get that? You know, that's, that's just like those magical gunshots. You know, every time in an action movie, they run through a whole bunch of gunshots and somehow nobody really gets hit. Somebody gets nicked. And that's about it. You know, it's just a happenstance. It's, it's I, don't, I don't know, divine intervention. <laughs> like, call it what you want. You know what I'm saying? I call it some bullshit. It's definitely some bullshit. Though. It was. It was. I'm sitting there like Chucky knew. Okay, you can Chucky can clearly see. Okay, his body's on this half of the seat. If I just stab somewhere in the middle of this bitch, I got him. So he could have easily killed him. So the fact that he didn't get stabbed was stupid. But the part that I couldn't get was how was he getting overpowered by this doll? when the doll was trying to choke him out. That doll was like hitting him with grown man strength. That's what I was trying to figure out. I'm like, you can't get loose? It's little doll hands. You can't get them joints to get the rope from around your neck. And then if you think about the sequels, because of his small size and being a doll, Chucky always has to either take somebody out with the quickness, you know, something real quick and big, or he has to incapacitate someone like he did the doctor in the institution stabbed that motherfucker in the knees got him down then he electrocuted that motherfucker you know so the fact that the detective couldn't i'll add something to that Derek. he couldn't get away from chucky choking him with the cords but then at the same time he was controlling that car though make it make sense i can't yeah. <laughs> now, now that you mention it, and how the hell did Chucky get around? From he was choking him, but then he gets down there to the brakes to cut the brake line or something like that. So yeah. the dude couldn't stop. I think the they're doing two things at once. Try not to kill yourself in the car and get these baby hands off your neck. <laughs> it just might have been a lot to deal with. But Chucky was still down there. He was Chucky was down there pressing on the gas pedal, forcing him to go faster. Right? He was down there pressing on that gas pedal. This dude's a doll. He couldn't do anything. He couldn't just kick him out the way. <laughs> pick him up and throw him out the window at that point. I mean, it, I don't get it. It wasn't the Terminator. It was just a little doll. 
You know, maybe we're giving the detective a little too much credit. He just might not have been that smart. <laughs> he couldn't figure this shit out before when his partner got killed. So Chucky is trying to get to Andy because at the end of that whole car scene, that's when Chucky gets shot. Let me ask you this question real quick. When Chucky shows up at the voodoo doctor, did y'all see that Chucky bandaged himself up? Mm-mm. I saw that. Yeah. He got himself together. Mm-hmm. That, that, that was always interesting to me. But the voodoo doctor tells him that he's getting more human as he stays in the doll. So he has to transfer his soul to the first person that he told he was alive. Black dude gets fucked up by his own voodoo doll. But then jumping to that ending sequence, it was a lot of shit that happens in that ending from Chucky finding Andy at the institution, Andy getting away, but Chucky fucking up that dude <laughs> with the electricity. That was sick. That, that was wild. I remember the first time watching this movie, took him out at the knees, put the thing on his head, fired the machine up, shocked him. I was like, okay, they're not going to go too, too much further with this. It just kept on shocking that motherfucker. I feel like they shocked that dude like 10 times before he was completely brown in the face and blood coming out of eyes and mouth. Lily fried him like to a crisp. I didn't feel bad for the doctor. The doctor was an asshole. Yeah, he definitely yeah. was, you know, because he didn't believe that the, the, the dog would do anything, you know, and the kids aren't just crazy. He didn't. It's like, you. why you ain't asked no follow-up questions? You just making all these assumptions. I don't like people that do that. You know, because they do that about us all the time. You already know how I feel about assumptions on people. From the moment that Andy gets home and Chucky is in the apartment with him, tell me some stuff that stuck out to you. What you like, what you may have done differently. What stood out to you as far as that ended? So the part that got me first was when Chucky took that bat or whatever that was to the back of that kid. I thought that that was how he was going to kill him because I'd never <laughs> seen it. So I didn't know if the kid survived or not. So I was like, when I saw him lining up and getting ready to take him out with that bat, I was like, oh, shit. Like, oh, my God. It's going to be brutal. So it kind of made me chuckle a little bit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> the way, the way, the way he just kind of cracked him. And, yeah, I thought that whole sequence, it was cool. It was all right. But I think they overplayed Chucky's strength a little bit. That's the part that kept standing out to me, how strong they kept making him seem like this dude was just like overpowering everyone. Mm-hmm. Like when the second cop came in, he's got one hand choking this fully grown ass man <laughs> with one baby hand. It, it, it was damn near like the Incredible Hulk had him or something. He's just like choking, <laughs> choking the life out of him with, with five baby fingers. And this dude's like literally losing air with every gasp. You know, they got to do something crazy to save him. So it just stood out to me how they, I feel like they really uh, overplayed his, his strength in that final scene to, to make him seem dangerous. I feel like it would have been a better direction if they had made it seem more cunning, like in the following Chucky's where he's running around, you know, slice you, keep on running, mm-hmm. slice, slice and keep it moving and just build up the, the drama and the suspense. I feel like that would have been a little better. Yeah, that whole, you know, superhuman Chucky strength is a hard pill to swallow in the movie, but it's, I guess it's a part of the character. I'm not sure exactly if it's just the fact that it's a grown man's soul. So I'm mm-hmm. guessing like, it doesn't just have that strength. I'm, you know, I can't really get into the mythos because of course it's never explained, but I want to go back to the institution a little bit mm-hmm. because I will say that, you know, 
of course, it is definitely some acting going on, but like him coming up the stairs and getting closer to Andy's room, that was pretty menacing. I was mm-hmm. like, oh shit, like it's just something to happen. You know, just looking out that window, just like I, I just imagine this little boy is absolutely terrified because <laughs> he could just look out of his window and just see those little legs coming <laughs> up closer and closer. And I kind of felt the, the terror for Andy in that moment. And then especially like when he tells us like, yo, Chucky is here, like do something about this, please. Like this is about to come kill me. I'm like, what you don't understand? And he just in there, just boy, sit out, whatever. Mm-hmm. So like that at that moment, I bet y'all felt like you know what he got what he deserved because yeah. the boy told you what was about to happen and you didn't believe him. And like Derek says, you think these kids just be talking just because they talking. So what you didn't believe him? My man was going straight to drugging him. It's like yeah. yo, you know, be be supportive. You know, try to try to calm him down. Try to make him feel safe. You know, even if you don't believe him, act like you do. I see too many parents and, you know, other adult figures in people's lives when kids will, you know, have a fear or something like that. They'll, they'll rock with it. Got a monster in my closet. We know it ain't no monster in the closet, but, you know, we'll still go check it out. Fake hit it with a broom or something like that just to make them feel better. But my man was just trying to jack Andy up and stick him with some drugs. I was like, yeah, go ahead, Chucky. Come yeah. come take this old Off dude. his ass. He, he deserves it. Definitely need to get it. Um, we can move back into the apartment. Andy does a good job. Somehow he gets home. You know what I'm saying? Again, being a real one, <laughs> the institute and get away and get home at like, night, at night. Like <laughs> use Andy was a real one again. And even though he didn't have his technique, like blocking the door, he had enough sense to do that. Then going into the closet, grabbing the bag, just like everything about his thought process was great, but the execution was very much flawed mm-hmm. you know, because absolutely Chucky's coming down the chimney. Like, why not? Just like, like why <laughs> coming straight down like Santa Claus and like coming <laughs> for that ass. And I will say to the point where it's about to go down and the detective jumps in and throws Chucky and then does not absolutely shoot the fuck out this doll. Like, <laughs> I lost my shit. Like, you're going to take him off and then immediately say, are you okay? Like, you didn't do anything. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Like, I almost shit a brick, bro, in that moment. Because, <laughs> like, I just lost my mind when I could. Like, why? Like, of course, it's for the movie. But... That was just patently ridiculous to me to just throw him off to the side and immediately go straight to Andy to see if he's okay. Mm-hmm. That 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 got me caught up a little bit. I can I can nitpick the fuck out this whole ending and I'll just like put it in a nutshell. It's like it works in some ways and it doesn't in others. Mm-hmm. You know, from Chucky being on fire, you know, to even your the mom like shooting him and not hitting him in the heart or i thought he she didn't get to hit him in the heart like i couldn't understand like that was the whole point of you getting the gun like why you go see the voodoo doctor you know what i'm saying like your whole purpose was to shoot him in the heart and you shot him in everywhere else that's my problem with that whole scene in the end you went to see this voodoo doctor my man told you what was about to happen and then right before he dies tells you 
that you have to shoot him in the heart to get rid of him. So in this whole sequence, there should never have been a down moment, period, until somebody did what this voodoo doctor said. Even when you threw him in the fire, you know, it got real chill when when they threw him in the fire. Just like in all the horror movies that we've seen. You know, right. we do we do the big thing that we think has killed the monster and we we chilling. My man said shoot him in the heart. That fire ain't doing nothing, but we chilling. We talked about the dude in the institution. Hell, I thought the other person that should have died or deserved to die was the detective's partner. My man sat up there, told you don't go in there and fuck with him. Leave him where he is. But just like a dumbass, here he come with Chucky's head in his, <laughs> in his hand. What'd he do? Kind of toss it around like it's a basketball, put yeah. it on the mantle, playing with it like he big and bad over a little doll head. So when he got when he got choked out, I was like, yeah, pull pull, pull out his throat, Chucky. Go I thought for sure he was going to die. I, I really did. He picked up the thing. I was like, oh, so they're going to kill one more before it's over. Because you know you always have the last, the final yeah. burst of strength from mm-hmm. the villain or whatever. He gets one more gasp. I thought it was going to be him. Mm-hmm. So and and there you go. I'm glad you brought up that. So we we knew that that final burst was gonna come. That's my issue with the fire, the chill, everything that happened in that space. I feel like happened because the filmmakers were trying to follow the horror movie rules thing too much. Yeah, wanted to hit all the beats. They wanted to hit the formula a little too too on. You can't hit the formula can't hit everything if you specifically told your audience in another scene this is how you do it like for me I don't remember watching too many other horror movies that it was revealed this is how you do it and then when we get to that ending sequence they're going through all the things all the other different kind of ways to kill them before that final act if that makes sense. So that's the problem I, I got with that scene. Like if you if you were told this is how you do it, then that whole ending sequence should have been put together as we got to shoot Chucky in the heart. And there should have been no stop in action until Chucky got shot in the heart. Because hell, once Chucky got shot, shot in the heart, that was it. Everybody was like, oh, I believe y'all now, but who's going to believe me? They walk out the door. And it's over. I love that line, by the way. That the guy dropped. Oh, when he said, I believe y'all now, but who's going to believe me? I love that line. So one of the things that I like that a lot of times we don't talk about our experience with these movies before we do them. So learning that this is really the first time that y'all have seen the original Child's Play is pretty exciting. So my last question was going to be, if seeing this movie before made you want to see more of Chucky, since this was the first time you saw this one, I'll kind of change that a little bit. Now that you've seen the original for the first time, how does the original Child's Play make you now feel about the sequels that you've already seen? For me, I would say kind of, and it's going to give away my vote at the end, but it kind of makes me wish I never saw it. <laughs> Honestly and truly. Because it's like I can't look at it the way I would have looked at it 
when I was five years old, which is when it came out, 88, mm-hmm. right? So I can't look at it through the same lens. I can only look at it through like the critical lens of an adult since it's my first time viewing, seeing it. So I'm like, man, this is a real, this is like a real hot mess right here in, in a lot of areas. It's, it's a hot mess. This did not age well at all. So yeah, I, I kind of wish I, I didn't see it because up and before watching this, I felt like, yeah, Chucky is, is a solid franchise. It's solid. You know, even though I never saw, saw the first movie, never knew that this first movie existed, but now I, I take some points away from it. It's like, yeah, it's okay. Well, you know, after watching this one, it did make me want to watch a few of the other ones just to compare them a little bit and kind of see where where exactly did I get inserted because I have no idea. It's been a while since I watched any of them. So I'm thinking now, like, like which one was even the first one I watched? If like, Because I know it's not this one. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, now I'm a little curious to see how they went, you know, where the story progressed. You know, then I'm looking at you know, the fact that Andy is played by the same guy, even as an adult, you know, I'm a little interested to see how they did, how did they actually bring that together? Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe this month I might actually, you know, of course they're probably going to be on TV. As they come on TV, I might watch a ball. I haven't watched Child's Play in about a year or so. Just replaying it, going through it again. This actually opened up me to consider watching the two that I haven't seen. And when I say the two that I haven't seen, I'm not counting the reboot. I haven't seen the reboot, which I probably will. But I told y'all at the beginning of the podcast that you know, Child's Play, I was really into it when it first came out. One, two, and three. But then it started to get weird for me at Bride of Chucky and See the Chucky. And then after See the Chucky and the whole Hermaphrodite thing and all that other stuff, I'm like, yo, that's a wrap for me. So I haven't seen the two movies that we got before they rebooted it. But now I'm kind of interested. One, I didn't know that they brought back the character of Andy in those two movies. So that's kind of intriguing. And they say the fit, the vibe of both of those movies are kind of a mix between the first movie and the second movie. So that kind of interests me. So just going back and watching it again makes me want to dive into the ones that I haven't seen. But I'll tell you this, just because I want to go back and see the ones that I haven't seen, I will never, ever watch Bride of Chucky or see the Chucky ever <laughs> in my life again. Yeah, you can leave them on the shelf. But I, I, I will say like the, the 2019 reboot is actually not that bad because mm-hmm. it's like they brought them up to date and the mom is played by Ari Plaza. You know, for me, that, that was kind of a half a reason to get in in the first place. Yeah. Brian Tyree Henry, he's in it, right? Yes. Instead of him being the homicide detective. Well, he is a homicide detective, but he's like investigating these other murders and trying to figure out what's going on. It's it's a little bit like CSI type of setup, mm-hmm. you know, when he comes in and, and it, it's a little bit it's a little bit more palatable. I, I think they actually did a good job. I ain't gonna lie. Cool. Y'all ready to wrap this up? You know, Derek already told us. We already know where he about to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so y'all know how we do it. We wrap up each review by giving out some awards. If we love the film, if it's one of our favorites, we'll give it an image award. If we feel it was a good but not great film, we'll take it down the line and give it a Soul Train award. 
if it was just all right, so-so, we'll hook it up with a source award. And if we toss in Child's Play out the window, like poor old Maggie, it gets a BET award. So <laughs> I'm ready for it. Derek, <laughs> what you got? All right, well, Maggie, go ahead and make some room down there, Maggie. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're going to throw this BET award out the window with you. You have some company down there. It was hot trash. I knew hot, it was hot trash on a warm summer day. All right, that, that's that's all I got for it right now. Damn, bro. <laughs> it would do me, Asha, man. You know what? I'll I, I give it a little, like, bit more credit for, like, the feet. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like they tried hard, you know? <laughs> and to me, it's like, if you had this idea on paper and this is what happens, it's like, this is how you pulled it off, I'm going to give you, like, at least a beat on that, you know? So I'm, I guess I have to go with, like, the source award, you know, just to, like, give it a little bit more juice because I, I can just appreciate what they tried to do. You know, it, it wasn't a masterpiece, but it was, it was good enough. Okay. Here I go. So this is the reason why I'm going to give it a Soul Train Award. Wow. Whoa. So I'm totally judging this movie based off horror movie standards. So no horror movie is going to be a masterpiece in my mind, I believe. But I compare this movie to the Friday the 13th franchise. They get the same vibes for me. In no way is Friday the 13th a perfect film, but it sets you up. And I really think that Child's Play is an introduction to the character of Chucky. You know, there was always going to be sequels. We were going to always get more of Chucky in future films. And, you know, if you go down the line, it feels like every Chucky movie, we just got more and more of them. From two, three, Bride, C. Just more and more Chucky put into it. How I also make that Friday the 13th to Chucky connection is that it got real trash the more they kept on doing it. So as we were talking off air about Jason taking a boat ride to New York and fucking shit up on the East Coast, that's where Chucky and them got around Bride and see the Chucky. So, you know, we may or may not do the sequels, but those are the trash films to me. I would kind of be so-so on Child's Play 2 and Child's Play 3. But I, I just think in setting up the Chucky character without all the other problems like the discombobulated ending and shit like that. So, so what you're saying is think, that Chucky is the godfather of the series versus like 2 and 3 just not being as good. You're saying like this was sets the standard as like a high quality horror film um, that brings you into a universe, you know, and people generally say the same thing about the Godfather. Like the first one is the better one, you know, because it brings you into the universe. And then once you start digging around, it's just a little bit more hollow. So is that, that that's what I feel when you say that. Yeah, I'll give you that. Next up for the Madcap crew, we're going to continue our look back at some of our favorite horror movies by moving to 1992 to check out the original Candyman. Yeah, personally, I'm not 
really looking forward to this one. If you want to hear what childhood trauma sounds like as an adult, you might want to tune in for this one because I might not be okay. Make sure you remember to subscribe to the show, rate and review us. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at MadCatPod and give us a like on Facebook as well. Until next time, for my co-hosts, CL and Derek, this is Sean. Candyman. Candyman. She. Have you ever heard of Candyman? If you look in the mirror and you say his name five times. In cities everywhere. Candyman? They whisper his name. Right. Candyman. It's just a story. Candyman. Candyman. Just a ghost story. Candyman. An entire community starts attributing the daily horrors of their lives to a mythical figure. The legend first appeared in 1890. He was attacked, mutilated, and burned to death. Poor Candyman. Helen, a woman died in there. Leave it. Everyone knows he isn't real. That's modern oral folklore. Everyone. Except Helen Lyle. Where did I... It ain't safe around here. I don't scare too easy. Wanna know about Ruthie Jean? They ain't never gonna catch him. Who? Candyman. Who is that? I came for you. Do I know you? Now she is about to discover. Helen? What's behind the legend? Listen, he's under the bed! And most terrifying of all... Come with me. What's behind the mirror? He's here. Candyman, you don't have to believe. Just beware.